Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Dale. And today's game is, you guessed it, we're wrapping up Shadowrun for the SNES. So strap on your mesh jackets, you dreckheads. <laughs> That's right, and we are back for part four of our Super Nintendo Shadowrun adventure. We're going to finish this off and then end this with our infamous review section. <laughs> uh, so last time when we left off, we had just defeated the Jester Spirit, and we got the volcano keyword. We did indeed, and just for the fun of us, let's all say it together. Nerwanda. Nerwanda. <laughs> So, yes, uh, having you get a portal, you can leave and return from... We were on the boat, yeah, at Bremerton, so we head back to Seattle proper. Correct. We go through that extra-dimensional zone, and we reset all the goodies in the map, so it's grind time, boys and girls. That's right, and you, we do have access now to some new weapons and stuff, finally. Oh, and we should mention, too, Dr. Maplethorpe has uh, another item for us, the Dermal Implant, which is super worth going to pick up, because that's going to take our base defense up by two. Yes, which is crucial. It'll, it'll really push you to the point where you're just shrugging off bullets like nobody's business. It doesn't matter to you anymore. I don't then, think it's very expensive either. Totally worth it. Yeah, yeah, it's only like 6000 New Yen, but... At the, the Dark Blade Weapon Shop, which is by the, the Dark Blade Manor, where we went before to kill the vampire, which we can do again if you're looking to milk some money out of it. Real quick, on the Dark Blade Gun Shop, did you have trouble finding this place? At first, yes. It is a very uh, around the corner. like It's not it's not clearly marked. You, you could easily miss this, and I would feel bad for you because it's kind of where you're going to get the, the final tier of weapons and stuff if you do. And easily miss it, I did. I had to look up the location. I knew, I remembered from somewhere that there was a weapon shop here. I, but, you know, you can get there beforehand, but I don't think they'll sell you anything until after you've defeated the Jester Spirit. Yes, indeedy. And this armor shop now is going to have some items that will make the rest of the game fairly smooth sailing, I would say. Oh, yeah. So personally, I went straight for the HK-277 Assault Rifle, which is, I believe, the second best gun in the game. Yeah, same here. And as well as the partial bodysuit, which is an armor upgrade. Indeed, the assault rifle set you back 24,000 new yen, and the bodysuit, uh, partial bodysuit, will set you back 20,000. So between those and the dermal plating, you're looking at 50 grand here. So if you don't have that much money, you might need to resort to the dreaded grind. I would highly recommend doing that grind because I think the back half of this game would be. A total slog to get through without this stuff. Absolutely. Uh, agreed. So whether or not you need to take advantage of slaying that vampire, staking that vampire over and over, you got to get that money somehow. I would highly recommend it. Also, if you have a fast forward button, makes this grind a lot easier, friends. Oh, you're, you're darn tootin'. I also, this was at the point where I gave up my Uzi, so which was the only truly like fully automatic weapon. So I had to, I made sure to turn on the turbo function of my emulator because I was not going back to jamming that button over and over. I was like, I just want to hold it down <laughs> and slaughter these guys. So it's, I uh, hear you. it's nice quality of life, baby. Heck yeah. Well, at this point we are definitely well suited to take on the Drake tower. 
That's right. We've walked past this quite a few times. It's still in the is it Old Town, I think, is the, the neighborhood we're in. Uh, is it Old Town? It's, I know it's uh, sort of just above the docks, southwest part of the map. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty close to that dark blade or it's like on the way kind of at least it's between the hotel and the dark blade can't miss it guaranteed you walk past it a million times at this point sure because if you if you start going into it you can actually enter it before now and there will be a mage who will fight you but the elevator will not work that is correct and we have to use we have to interact with the computer using which item was it uh the cyber deck don't we have to have uh i thought we had to get Oh, there, uh, there is a password we got from the Rust Stilettos. Yes, hideout. yes, yeah. that's, that's it. Once you have that, you can you can jack into the Matrix. And so, yeah, you come in. It is a, a little larger than normal, but or than we've kind of seen before. So for a little recap, uh, in the previous episodes, we had heard a little bit about a character named Drake um, through some dialogue we can find in, in some of the, the video phones. And we know that he has, he was a major player in what happened to Jake mm-hmm. Armitage. So this is his building, presumably. I think we've been threatened over the phone by him. A lot of the the message fragments we've gotten from computers, it's all Drake's behind something, and we don't fully get it yet. Now, I could be wrong, but we haven't seen what Drake looks like yet, have we? Correct, we have not. Okay, because I honestly laughed a little bit once we finally got there, because what else was I expecting? <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. So... Heading up that elevator, we'll get to the second floor, and immediately four samurai warriors start gunning away. And if you're if you're not ready for it, you can take a lot of damage pretty quick, especially if you haven't armored up. Yeah, these guys have some heavy artillery, so you can't really just stand around and, and get a lay of the land. You got to start shooting and rooting and tooting. Or if you have leveled up your magic spells, you just cast invisibility as soon as you come out every time, and they'll stop shooting, and then you can invisibly gun them down at your leisure. Uh, yes, another great spot where invisibility comes in handy. It's kind of the standard start of every floor as we go up this building where it's like, all right, I'm just going to come up, cast invisibility, and kill. There's tons of people with guns here that will blast you away. It's, if you have some shadow runners, maybe you don't want to be invisible, but I was coming in by myself because I can imagine the your allies will get shot up pretty quick. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I uh, I know how big of a fan you are of invisibility in this game, but for me, there's only two spots I use this spell, and one of them is coming up when we finally get to Drake. But all these okay. rooms with the dermal plating and the partial body suit and then the HK, I was able to take everybody down and get healed up and make it to the end of this dungeon. Okay, right on. I guess it is truly the laziest way, but hey, that's me, man. Come at me, bro. The path of some resistance <laughs> so again here we are we're in a room these office rooms which i love with their their big desktop computers and you can investigate them there's usually two computers in each floor one of which like there's one you can get eight thousand new yen by hacking into here and another that will activate the elevator to the next floor agreed i found this the whole layout of this dungeon is very repetitive yeah i don't yeah. not like it i like the aesthetic for the same reasons it's so 90s but um <laughs> but every floor is essentially the same and it's hop off the elevator go guns blazing and uh, go find the two computers we need to hack into get some new yen get a couple data files and cover some more of the story um, and then unlock the elevator and head on up and rinse repeat yeah, this will, you know, we'll take it up. We're on the, the second floor now. Third floor is exactly the same. I can't help but compare this this dungeon to the part in Final Fantasy VII on the first disc where you're headed up the Shinra building towards the end. 
Oh, oh sure. Okay. <laughs> Going up the stairs and stuff. Yeah, except this is Mildly. not quite as good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, who are we to throw shade at Shadowrun? But yeah, so, you know, third floor, fourth floor, and even the fifth floor, you know, these Matrix levels are getting slightly more complicated. They're usually just like three rooms and you got to, there's not a lot of money or, or date sometimes there's trash data there there's not a whole lot that goes on here i think agree apparently uh if you get if you there is a shadow runner spatter who will betray you when you get to the fourth floor no kidding i didn't read that anywhere and i don't think i came across mr spatter either i i didn't either but i i saw it and thought it was kind of funny i mean that'd be kind of fun if it happened more than once or with one character in the game something you'd have to keep in mind but since i flew solo like the lone wolf i am yeah, that would have been sweet, man. A little betrayal storyline going on there. Yeah, you can gun if you gun him down too. Then he is removed from the game completely. Oh, that's tight. Ah, oh, I should have done that. I had Kitsune still up uh, up to this point. I think she died in the upcoming area just after Drake Tower. Mm. And then I, I didn't yeah, get her back. I bet, I bet she's hard to keep alive. You know, it's a pain in the <laughs> caboose, my friend. It seems that way with most of the magic characters. You know, just not enough hit points. Yeah, but yeah, you know. Kill these guys, kill Spatter if he's around, and you move on up to the fifth floor. And you can, at this point, you'll get like the fourth of these data files. And if you have them all, I guess it'll let you know that there's a volcano file that you download. And it will it says, if I am forced to leave the hideout in order to deal with your incompetence, you will all suffer greatly. Report directly to me, Volcano 233435Drake. So and we that's, can call them too, can't we? I think we can. And you can also get 10,000 Nuyen in that Matrix level as well. So, Which will definitely it. come in handy if you want the best gun in the game after this. <laughs> which which you do. <laughs> uh, but again, we head up to the sixth floor. Same, I think we got a mage in here with some samurai warriors. Uh, nothing too bad. There is a video phone, so you can call Drake. And... Indeed, which we are intended to do. And I think there's just one computer we need to cyberdeck into. That's right. And, you know, so if you do call Drake, then it shows you his face. So you learn that Drake is no man. He's a dragon. He is, in fact, a dragon. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Uh, I don't I don't know what I expected, honestly, in a game with elves and cybernetically enhanced human beings and fox girls. I love it. I love the idea of dragons in a city. I think it's weird and hilarious. And especially one that's like a crime boss. Yeah, it's making phone calls. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I, you know, the name is Drake. It's a little on the nose. Yeah, I mean, he could have been one of the vampires, but they, yeah, I suspected. I don't know because I, I know I didn't get this far, so I don't know if I had this spoiled for me years ago and just don't remember. But throughout this playthrough, I remember being like, I bet he's a dragon. His name is Drake. It just seems a little I don't know. I remember laughing out loud when I actually get to him because he's <laughs> the coolest looking boss up to this point by far in the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. But we still have a little bit more to do in this tower. We got to get to the roof, destroy a couple sentry guns, which are, I think, the first time we see a sentry gun in this game. So new enemy. I was going to say, I think so. And they, they have a lot of firepower. Hopefully you're armored up and you just gun them down. Yep. And then we head over to a helicopter that's parked there and we bully the pilot to take us over to the volcano. That's right. You can leave and come back if you want to heal up to your hotel. Yes, indeed, which is a good idea because the volcano is kind of a tricky area. Yeah, absolutely. And if you need, like if you didn't buy all the armor we already did, uh, you can stock up then, even though it's a little late. But 
I guess apparently, too, there is an item called the fully concealable jacket that is available now. However, it's weaker than the partial bodysuit so that we already have, so it's not really worth it. It's just kind of, it's one of those things where I'm like, that's got to be a bug, you know? Like, this should have been available sooner or something, you know? Yeah, that's a that's a tough sell. <laughs> In the one of the FAQs I used, uh, by the underscore Admiral, good stuff on gamefaqs.com, he... Uh, Suggested there is an option where it's like you can, after you beat, before you go to Bremerton, he's like, if you have invisibility, you can, you just have to get to the top of this place. So if you want to beat your way through it with less armor and guns, just to get this armor available now before you go, you know, to fight the Jester Spirit, because it'll be obsolete by the time you get back from that, you can, but does not I see what seem you're worth saying. it. Doesn't seem I, worth it. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at a uh, a rating scale for the armor. Um, and it's, you know, it's got the mesh jacket at 7.5 out of 10 and the partial bodysuit at 8.5 out of 10. So maybe this one lands on a, a solid eight. Who knows? Yeah, something like, yeah. So, but otherwise it's probably not worth it. But yeah, we'll take that helicopter ride to the volcano, which makes me wonder. I'm like, is this, how many volcanoes are there in Washington state? I mean, I know there is some geologic, well, geological activity on the West coast. So oh, maybe yeah. undiscovered well, one, Mount St. Helens or something. I don't know. Who knows what's going to happen in 25 years, man. It's, you know, yeah. anything really. That's right. You get dropped off at a helipad in this exciting place. And it's kind of like the inverse of Drake tower, because we're going to be going down level after level into the volcano. Indeed, just like Drake Tower was like the Shinra building in Final Fantasy VII, this reminds me of the end of Resident Evil 2. Oh, yeah? Down underground inside a lab with a bunch of scientists and things trying to kill us. Yeah, there are a lot of scientists who will just cower, generally. They won't mess around. There are enemies such as a lot of trolls down here. Hang on, don't don't the scientists alert guards if you don't shoot them when you come in? I think so. I, I didn't I tried not to gun them down too much. I didn't really. Really? I was invisible, invisibly going through. Some of them, like, well, there's the, we will see some sentry guns as well. That's where they'll, they'll gun those. I'll fight those guys and stuff. But I, I do remember getting to a point where there's just some d scientists left, you know, in a room and I would just leave, you know? Mm, for a man that admittedly killed a lot of NPCs in this game, I'm surprised he didn't kill them all. Because I had read somewhere that these guys, if you don't shoot them, as soon as you come into the room, they alert the rest of the guards, and then you have to actually fight a bunch of people. So as soon as I answered every screen, you know, cap cap. Blast bye. them all down. Hell yeah. Well, you know. And to be fair, I just killed that one guy who set off the Cortex bomb, okay? Don't, don't. It's one too many, man. <laughs> Hey, you messed up. You messed with me, man. There are lots of computers down here as well, but you can't jack into many of them. That is correct. I uh, kind of wondered what they were doing there, you know, if you can't really interact with them. But it's good scenery. I like it. Yeah, it's background. The aesthetic down love. here looks looks nice. Very industrial. A lot of metal fences, a lot of copper pipes, a lot of metal doors that come open automatically. There's always a red siren going off. You get the vibe. It's an alert time. Lots of trolls and stuff. Even though the troll deckers themselves that you fight don't do a whole lot of damage if you're fully kitted out. So that is true. Not but too bad. Our goal down here seems to be to get into these IC programs that unlock the elevator doors to keep heading downward. So it's just the inverse of what we did, as you said a little bit ago. Yeah, pretty much. There's not much else that really goes down for the first couple floors. I definitely. So did you use invisibility on these sentry guns or did you just gun them down? I did. So there's a sub-level, I believe it's sub-level four, where as soon as you step out 
and try to do anything. There's sentry guns, there's orcs, there's scientists, there's, <laughs> you just get destroyed to where you can't even move. Like Jake is just stutter stepping until your life bar whittles away. And the only way I really found to get through this is to avoid having too many things spawn on the screen, just kind of like inch, inch over and, and try to cap somebody off and run away mm. or hit that invisibility spell and just bypass the whole thing, which I did for sure. Yeah, it's, it's the way to do it. Man, I don't I don't know how else you could do it because it's just you get destroyed. Maybe with if you have a full body suit at this point. Well, I you know, I I could see you making it work with like the armor spell is pretty solid. It's just, you know, you'd be taking a lot less damage, but not as little as none from the invisibility. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, exactly. Kind of blows. Uh we should note that on the third floor down there are three computers that you can get money from you can get 25,000 new yen from one 12,000 from another and 5,000 from a third one so that will help you a ton huge only it was that easy nowadays yeah additionally on level four i guess this is why it's so guarded uh there's a side area you can head into where there are two nagas you can kill and yeah. then there is a a third naga right that's the gold naga and uh this guy is he's a beast with health points he takes forever yes. to kill Oh, and you know what? Shame on me. You can't have the armor spell here normally because you kill the Naga to get the serpent scales to learn it. Oh, okay. That's what it is. All so, right. yeah, I guess it's got to be invisibility pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and this this Naga fight is definitely no joke. I, um, I did fast forward just hammering on the attack button, and I think I had to heal a couple times on this guy. He's, he's a tough one. Oh, sure. Yeah, he'll keep pumping. Um, I did see that as another way to karma farm here you can if you don't pick up those serpent scales the gold naga will respawn that's right i did read that as well i didn't really need it so you know but it's there if you do yeah i mean if if you didn't farm before drake tower then you probably had a rough time getting <laughs> through drake tower and i don't know if you're gonna make it to the bottom level of the volcano to to do this grind so i would recommend killing that vampire as many times as your heart desires oh you he deserves it just get him yeah make him undeader but yeah so you know from level four we can head into drake's room actually and confront this draconic bastard himself yes indeed and drake is the biggest boss i think we've seen so far he's huge man takes up a large portion of the screen kind of sits up on his own platform yeah looks and cool big long neck move it you know he's a oh yeah total dragon yeah it's classic snes style with the doesn't he have like the the, the spear neck mm -hmm. going on <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> yeah this boss fight this is where i had to use uh invisibility and i don't know if you can beat him another way i'd love to see it maybe with armor if you went back and got it but um, the freeze spell and the invisibility spell are a must here because you have icicles coming out of the ceiling that will freeze you in place. Yeah. And then you have Drake blowing fire, which is just a constant stream of just damage, just melting your life bar, and you are dead quick, buddy. Yeah, for sure. You can't summon the Jester Spirit here? That is correct. I think you have to, right, to incapacitate him? I, I would hope so. I mean, that's one of the first. It'll freeze him for a while and purportedly removes like uh, most of his hit points to make the fight a lot shorter. I, I don't know because I didn't try to beat him without without using the Jester Spirit, so it's pretty rough otherwise. Because that you know his fire can kill you almost immediately, so you, it takes a little while to heal and do your spell stuff. So yeah, there's just no keep... such thing as juke in that fire. So it's the sequence is you walk in Jester Spirit, put him to sleep immediately, then you run up invisibility on yourself, and you hit him with a heal spell. 
so that his head is frozen and then you just hammer on that attack button. Yeah, you want to keep when, keep him frozen the whole fight if you can. When I fought him, he woke up and I tried to avoid having to freeze again. So I just kept trying to tank damage and just try to shoot him. And I managed to kill him as I was losing life. But man, that's that's this fight's pretty rough. Yeah, for sure. However, you def- slay this dragon. Unfortunately, he does not have a mountain of gold coins and rubies or other gems, not just rubies, but... You can head into a final room where you'll meet a scientist called Pushkin, who a name we've heard in some files we've uh, cyberdecked into. He is a hostage, and he explains that you're the courier, and you have this anti-AI program. That's what you've been carrying around. And if you ask him about Drake keyword, he'll mention there this keyword, Aneki, who seems to be the power behind the dragon, is the one that they developed this uh, this computer that can take over the whole Matrix and you need to unleash your anti-AI program into the Aneki building, or computers, I guess. Their network, if you will. And that's why they want our boy Drake dead. He's trying to take down the, the head computer. Mm, he's got to go. He also is kind enough to give us the password we need to enter the Aneki building, which is going to be uh, our final showdown with the evil corporation. That's right. Also in the same this same huge chunk of, of territory that we have been exploring for a while in, in good old Seattle. Indeed. You probably saw it when you were headed over to Dr. Maplethorpe's office. Yeah, it's out there. Big, beautiful skyscraper. But before we head there, there is the final round of weapons that are f- available now, such as the AS-7 Assault Cannon, which is uh, 40,000. Yes. 40,000 million and a full body suit for 30000 so it's super expensive. We should have enough by the by now, though, from all the money that we got through Drake and Volcano, because we picked up yeah. a, lot of, a lot of El Guapo going through there, and these yeah. are definitely worth it. Your Assault Cannon, I think, has has the definitely the highest damage in the game, but it also has the highest accuracy rating, so you're hitting for those big numbers pretty consistently. Absolutely. And then the f- full body suit just makes you an absolute tank. Yeah, and this is where, yeah, that assault cannon too, and maybe your armor too. You gotta have a strength of, I think, six at this point to to wield both of these. Oh yeah, so if you need to spend some karma, now's the time. That's right. Yeah, get your your you want to get your health and your magic up as far as you can. If you need to take advantage of that gold naga or even the ghouls, man, you can just get in there and just take it out. Oh, also, uh, one of the files you can get back in the volcano is a. It's called, it's something, it's like Akimi, and it gives you a phone number. And if you call her, she is a shadow runner. You can pay her and she'll show up on a train. Ah, Lord Nick. I wish you wouldn't have brought that up because I almost forgot that I wasted money on this darn shadow runner. So I, the game sort of hyped it up. Like she was, oh, you found the penultimate. Like you're about to get to the end of the game, man. You need the best of the best. And we've got the number right here for you. You uncovered it in the volcano, buddy. You go get Akimi and you run (laughs) through this game. And I was like, heck yeah, man, I got extra money. Let's go call her up. We'll get her on the team. We'll fly through this game. Do it hand in hand even. And uh, I get her. She died in the, in the first fight, man. Literally the first fight. And she was gunned down by a basic mage. (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't get Akimi because I was like, I came this far on my own. But she seems like another one of those, you know, she's a fragile, you know, I think the best you could say is maybe a glass cannon if she can live long enough to shoot. I don't know, but she's a a mage character, so not really worth it, I don't think. No, the game is called Shadowrun, and I was burned two two out of three times with Shadowrunners. (laughs) So that's been my experience with Shadowrunners. They are not a trustworthy lot. (laughs) (laughs) thieves and liars each one but yeah so it's time to head into that building the aneki building which 
as we mentioned, you might have passed it pretty close to Dr. Maplethorpe's office. Uh, you might have been shot at by some, uh, if you try to go in here, there's mages and, and three ferocious orcs right out in front. So, gun Yes, down. sir. I think I mentioned in episode two, I thought that was Dr. Maplethorpe's office. office, And uh, <laughs> I went up there and fought those guys, and they were rough. So I was slap patching it up. I was walking in and out of screens. I was taking them out one by one, trying to be strategic. I finally got them with very little health left over and walked inside and was met with a lobby that I couldn't do anything with. So, But now we're here. We're back for vengeance. That's right. And vengeance starts now. Kill these fools, and you come in, and guess what? We're going to hack into a computer to turn the elevator on. Seems familiar. Yeah. And then we head up to the second floor, which at least the floors are different. This isn't like an actual, like the office, the way it was in the Drake building. Yeah, we got some green carpet, a little different aesthetic going on. Yeah, kind of. And it's, you know, each floor is a little more than what you have, like, what, three rooms, kind of? I believe so, yeah. Looks a little nicer, a little better put together, a little yeah. more expensive. Orcs, mages, I mean, this is where, again, same old, same old. I'm invisibly moving up and killing as many people as we want, uh... Now, Nick, let me ask you real quick. Mm -hmm. uh, at this point in the game, when you were going through this, this the the final dungeon in the game, did you feel like maybe they kind of ran out of money at this point and kind of kind of slapped together the last dungeon? It's, I mean, there's nothing too crazy here. No, like original backgrounds. It's just more battling your way up another building. You know, indeed. At this point, uh, with the uh, Drake Towers and then the Aneki building here, it's I was all cyber decked out there is a ton of cyber decking into computers and just navigating around ic chips and uh taking damage and coming out and healing up and doing it over again there is a lot you gotta do and for the most part at this point you know you can get like there's on the third floor there's one place with twenty two thousand new yen but who cares so and <laughs> you know a lot of these files will give you like little clues but we already know what's going on kind of so it's it's kind of meh, you know, you just keep fighting your way up, finding whichever computer you need to access the elevator and continue all the way. I believe uh, something that was kind of cool, there's a part, if you're standing in the hallway with the elevator that you need to take up, if you wait there for too long, I think an orc takes it down and comes out and starts lighting you up. So I, I stood <laughs> there and waited for it to happen, and then he came out and you got to fight him. So that was a nice touch. Well, that's awesome. So however you kill these orcs, uh, you're going to head up to the fifth, I think, final floor. And I think the last room, what do you have? Otto, this troll who fights you, but he's supposed to be guys. our final boss. If you don't count the head computer, but I mean, he's just an orc, man. Like we just got done fighting Drake, the coolest guy in the game. I was expecting something a little more. But. Yeah. Other than just some lame -o, you know, <laughs> I wanted like John and Necky himself to come out and laugh and rip off a black trench coat be strapped with grenades and you got a timer on the screen and you got to take them out before you know what i mean like give me something yeah, a little grandiose something. no absolutely because really the final boss is a computer you you kill this guy he's just another drop in the rain of <laughs> shed blood and then there's a a big kind of i guess supercomputer looking thing that you you hack into and you download your ai anti-ai computer program into it and that's it. And then you get the ending. <laughs> yeah, we get some some nice dialogue. Uh, kind of wraps up the story a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I like, you know, it's, of course, you get your credits and stuff. But I like that they gave, like, there was, like, a 
casting call for the different shadow runners all came out were introduced and there's a the mention where it shows a scene of you fighting drake and he says i can't wait to face you again in shadow run 2 i thought that was great as well what a heartbreaker because this is <laughs> ripe for an snes sequel you know yeah yeah totally <laughs> you get it together and fulfill the drake prophecy <laughs> But yeah, you've done it. You've saved the Matrix for the world from the evil Aneki. And so. we're leaving with a sweet helicopter ending, too, flying away. Yeah, you're a shadow runner, shadow sprinter. You got it all. It is time for the review section. We will review the game with four categories, each category with a scale of zero to five, starting with graphics and sound. What you got here, Dale? I gave this game a 2.5, Nick. I thought the graphics were serviceable. It's nothing to use your cred stick to video phone home about, but... (laughs) Um, the music grew on me a ton as I played through this game. I, I think I kind of ragged on it in the first episode, but as I played through it, I was, you know, tapping my toe, like kind of, I remember thinking about it at work. I was just kind of bopping around, had had a couple songs in my head. So I have to say it, it's not bad. Yeah, I, I went with a 3.0. I think everything's good. I could have just used more of it. I like the little sprites and I think the city looks pretty good, but it's very repetitive. The The backgrounds aren't that different. You know, very few exceptions. You, you don't get a very big variety of enemies. And as much as I love the music, again, it, it is, uh, it's a good, it's good atmosphere music, but it's not super awesome or catchy, you know? So it's there. And I think it does set a good mood for the game, but again, it's just like good stuff, but just stretched a bit thin, I guess. Definitely. In our next category is play control. What do you got here, bro? Brother, I gave this another 2.5. Um, I thought while you can certainly do everything that you need to do, it can be cumbersome to complete even simple tasks sometimes. Mm. Um, I think the SNES controller could have been a little bit better utilized or maybe better thought out. If they had programmed this game to be used with the mouse, it uh, would have been a game changer. Um, sure. Obviously, we discussed that a few times, but it's hard to say. I think I docked it a couple points because there are certain enemies that involve kind of some rapid response with that cursor, which I thought was a little cheap. It, it bugged me, yeah. you know, when you got to chase people around. But I, I guess that's the action part of the game. Yeah, I, I also went with a 2.5. It's kind of rather cumbersome and unintuitive play control, but I did get used to it reasonably quickly, and it wasn't too bad. It, it's close to something fun. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like they're in between, like, just either... Just go whole hog, mouse it up, and and change a lot of stuff so that it truly is a an action RPG. Or just stop doing this like kind of half-assed in between, and just let me toggle targets or select from menus because it doesn't. It what you have does not add up to much. It's it's less than the sum of its parts. Totally, man. And this is it doesn't sound like it's play control related, but it kind of is. But a simple health bar on screen for your shadow runners would have mm. made me a little more inclined to to pick them up because as it stands now. You got to take out the glove, click on them to check their health every single time. And it's, yes, you know, I just want a a sub screen to, you know, just let me see it all at once and say, save me and Jake some time. (laughs) Up next, we have challenge factor. What do you got here, Dale? Let's see today. 
uh, I'd give it a 1.5 today being the year 2023. Mm. Um, 1993, when this game came out, I'd give it a 4.0, Nick. Uh, I think the (laughs) challenge really lies in how thoroughly you search areas uh, and pay attention to your clues. Um, If you're the type of player that takes notes and recalls details, it's not too cryptic to figure out uh, where to go but it will definitely still be a little sloggy running through dialogue options with random NPCs when you're stuck. Yeah. And that, that, that can halt the game for some people. Um, and it can be difficult to remember who, what, where, which dialogue item, etc. But again, 2023, 1.5. If you got a walkthrough, you're golden, man. Yeah, yeah. I went with a 2.5. I think, like you said, there's, especially if you're not too familiar or used to the kind of shenanigans that you'll get into with a point and click style adventure game. Cause you do get a lot of that here. And like, like you said, the keywords get kind of cumbersome towards the end. And you, you know, there, there's a couple spots where it's just like, what? Like, like that whole deal with the ice and the mermaids is kind of like, wow, I don't know how long that would have taken me to wander around and figure out on my own. Or even something as simple as finding the, the dark blade gun shop. Uh, I mean, if you mm. never stumble across that behind the mansion, you're out some serious firepower and some serious defense. Yeah, for real. And finally, we have theme and fun. Nick, I gave this game a 4.0. Uh, okay, I think me too. Theme is incredible, man. Even though it you know, apparently doesn't follow the source material all that well, I think the, the tone is super adult for an SNES RPG. I think it, the, the ambience is incredible. It forces you to think like a detective, which Jake is. Or yeah. he's acting like one at least. Um, so it's true to being an RPG in that in that regard. Sort of slowly uncovering the story, and you kind of feel like you're peeling peeling that onion right alongside him, you know. Yeah, I, I went with the yeah, like I said, 4.0 as well. I really had a great time. I was happy to scratch this one off the list of games I had started but never completed in my youth. And I think the setting goes a long way. It's a fun, unique setting that I, I loved exploring. I liked the feel of the game and all the environments. And I, I kind of wish there was more non-story stuff to do there there is a certain i don't want to say expectation but with rpgs as part of your kind of gameplay loop you know where it's like come to a new town figure out what's wrong you got to go do it but you can upgrade your equipment and blah 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 but here it's like there's only like six guns and you skip most of them when you get the you know as soon as you get out of the car yards like there's only three pieces of armor i, I would have liked a little more equipment upgrading and and, and I don't know, just give me a little something to do to kind of fart around. I guess I would have liked a little more of a sandbox because the game does a good job of feeling more open than it truly is. That is a great point. Um, even something we mentioned in the first episode, if they incorporated something like essence from the from the game or from the yeah, from the tabletop game itself, where yeah. you could sort of spec Jake into being, you know, more of a computer guy versus a mage or et cetera. Some sort of uh, character building would have been nice. Yeah, as a fan of a. Uh tabletop rpgs uh, especially of this vintage back in the 90s and also having played many adaptations mostly unsuccessful i might add of D onto console games like this is actually a pretty good conversion of getting like knowing what you can and can't put in i guess from from a, a true tabletop game you know, maybe one day I can force someone to play Heroes of the Lance with me, which is a crime against humanity. It's a terrible, terrible game. I I, <laughs> I rented that game and was so heartbroken and angry. Um, <laughs> I don't know if any listeners out there are familiar with this, but with a few exceptions, most of the time, you know, kind of like a licensed game in general, where 
you kind of learn to avoid them because you're like, well, they're almost all just, you know, shovelware crap. And it was the same way for D&D. But, you know, Shadowrun came out uh, looking pretty good, I think. What was the name of that game you mentioned? Heroes of the Lance. It's for the NES. Well, maybe there's a there's a cartridge commando out there that's just evil enough to throw a little new yen at us and make us (laughs) (laughs) make us deal with that. Oh, I would love it's uh, it's truly awful, which sucks because it's based on, I think, at least the first book of a trilogy of Dragonlance D&D novels, a setting. It's uh, it was I loved it as a youth doesn't necessarily age that well. But uh, anyways, it's still the game is still disappointing, not only as an adaptation, but as a standalone game itself. <laughs> Understood. All right. So the final question then is. Dale, should you play this game? Would you recommend this game? Yes, absolutely. If you're a fan of Blade Runner, if you're a fan of sci-fi, RPGs, fantasy, this game has it all. And if you feel like being a stinky cheater like Nick, uh, you can get the (laughs) abridged version of the game and and maybe even enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it's... It's got a lot of ways to enjoy it, especially with cheating, but it's definitely unique enough. And while the controls are a little clunky, they it gets better. You, you figure it out. And the game doesn't ask so much of you that it becomes a great issue, you know? Absolutely. This is easily going into my my repertoire of games that I recommend to people that have never, never heard of it. <laughs> Agree that. Next week's game will be Roller Games for the NES. This is a a game I am really looking forward to playing. Uh, This was suggested by Dale, and I love him for it. I heard that 8-bit scream, and I thought of you, buddy. Oh, I appreciate it. Yes, we'll add it to the library. (laughs) So, yeah, grab yourselves a copy or play this game any way you can. And if anyone out there, have you played Hero of the Lance? Do you know what I'm talking about? Would you like to hear the screams of an unsuspecting Dale who's forced to play this game? Let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com, at cartcommand on Twitter. We're also on Facebook. So any three different ways for Here's the Lance fans to get in touch with us. All two of you? Maybe. <laughs> I have, Man, I would be surprised, but I, I'm sure there's some out there. I have actually seen Defenders... I don't know if they're just trolling, but on Reddit, people trying to defend Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And I'm like, oof, that's. Oh, a, yeah, that's. Yeah. that's Come a, on, man. A stretch, man. Uh, I did have the joy of watching a uh, friend of the show, Bill, finally get to play some of it where because he, he really asked after we did our episode, is it really that bad? And I was like, yeah, dude. And he agreed pretty quickly. So, <laughs> yeah, the game sucks. <laughs> it does, man. It really, really sucks. <laughs> but you know who doesn't suck? Our patrons. They're cool as heck, and they give us money for doing something we love, and we really appreciate it because we're just schmoes. We're just chummers. I don't know. <laughs> couple dreckheads. Yep. Dreckheads. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> I need to brush up on my shadow lingo, apparently. Uh, your brain's burnt, buddy. Yeah, my, my cortex bomb goes off in five minutes, so we got to end this episode quick. So thank you, patrons, one and all. We really appreciate it, and if forcing us to play Heroes of the Lance won't get you on the payroll, I don't know what is. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And until next time, Cartridge Commandos, game on! Game
on. Game on. Good, 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 good. Game on. Oh, I almost made it. Almost. <laughs> till the cat assault. No, cat command doesn't record till later. <laughs> Shadow pause. <laughs> the cat NES. Yeah.